Hi, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and also healingsuicide.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, an energy worker, a channel, and a medium. I do all kinds of different uh, healing type work as well as astrology teaching and forecasting. Uh, this video is the forecast for the sun in Sagittarius. So I'm going to cover the sun's trek through this sign for the month, including uh, lunations and some uh, important themes and, and aspects that I think it's important to look at. Uh, if you want the full uh, story on my subscription service, you can go to my site and check it out. Um, you can subscribe monthly or yearly. You can try it out for one month. Um, but this video used to be. Um, behind a wall, so to speak, and then I decided to open it up and share the sun forecast. There are two other forecasts for the outer planets, Jupiter and out, and also the Mercury, Venus, Mars, that I do have behind that subscription service wall. So there's a, a lot more forecast available uh, if you're interested in that uh, monthly or yearly uh, at tdjacobs.com. And also I have two levels now where level one includes everything normal, including a bunch of perks, uh, including classes and discount rates on almost everything I offer. Uh, and all the forecasting stuff at a monthly class. But level two contains all of that, plus a monthly check-in call with your guides and the Ascended Master I work with. Uh, so that's new as of a couple of months ago, and um, I'm excited. I really love doing the guidance calls. I love doing all this stuff too, but I love doing the guidance calls uh, with a handful of people at a time. They're always small group calls, four or five people on any given call. So you can see all that at tdjacobs.com. This, again, video is on the transition starting with the transition from Scorpio to Sagittarius with the sun's transit. And uh, then I'll talk about some aspects. But first, let's talk about what, you know, the sun, I consider it this giant flashlight in the sky. It puts attention on certain themes for a solar month at a time. And so uh, when the sun is in Scorpio, there's this, you know, inner cave diving, this emotional spelunking. A, a huge thing about Scorpio is learning about power dynamics, but realizing, ideally, hopefully you realize, that within you, there are unseen or unspoken dynamics, feelings, emotions, needs, fears, whatever, feels, um, that are actually manifesting in front of you or that other people trigger in you and then they're triggered and then you're triggered this is Scorpio kind of dynamic. So we have some drama with Scorpio. Now, ultimately, it's important that you figure out what you're carrying that's being activated, but it can happen that in power, over power, under dynamics, or where there, there are control issues or people are afraid of um, being seen or being vulnerable, there can be different things where it looks like you're doing this to me or I'm doing this to you. When the sun's in Scorpio, you see stuff's happening and you're challenged to look for the unconscious content or to figure out a way to put words to what you're feeling, which is actually your stuff, but yes, others are triggering it. One of the truths of this archetype, Scorpio, Eighth House, Pluto kind of, kind of thinking, I don't consider them all the same, but there's certain thematic things that are in common. I would consider the house containing the parts of life where these things occur, uh, the sign Scorpio, like ways of unfolding that, that happen in this way. And then also Pluto itself saying, um, you know, the part of you that carries this deep material, this deep emotional uh, content. But anyway, one of the things with this archetype that has in common is you can't really do anything that's worth doing until you open up, until you are opened up, because quite often you can't do it yourself. So other people come in to your life, 
you join forces with them, you hit your wagons together, you develop some kind of contract or some kind of intimate relationship together, and then um, people get triggered. So then you say, well, why are you doing this to me? Or, ah, eh, you, you, you. Well, what's really going on is that your stuff is being pulled to the surface, but it's necessary. It would not have been pulled to the surface, okay? So that's like in an interpersonal dynamic thing. Then think about, I like that effect when I block that. Okay. Um, but then think about just with you feeling things, reacting to things in the world. The situation that's pulling stuff out of you is actually kind of needed. So think about the logic of a planet working through the lens of Scorpio. And you can consider this as a natal teaching, but also in general with the, the transiting planets. Especially when the sun's through Scorpio, we have this you know, giant obviousness to these themes and these issues. But think about it as you don't know that there's an issue. So you're minding your own business because it's in your unconscious. It's somewhere buried down in some cave. You're minding your own business and something happens or unfolds or a dynamic between you and another person. And then you're having this reaction. You're having this feeling. Again, it looks like it's the external situation or dynamic or person, but it's really that you have a thing under the surface that's being activated. So the logic of Scorpio is find out what really makes you tick. Like if something bothers you or if something is frightening you or if you are frustrated with it, like why? And always withdraw projections that you may have inadvertently thrown on others because they seem to be the source of the problem, right? When you get hurt, part of you may want to find, you know, assign responsibility, which is a way of saying, kind of translated a little into blaming something or someone. And that's one of the negative experiences, the projection, the blaming, the shaming of uh, planets through the lens of Scorpio, Scorpionic times, let's say it that way. So while it does involve other people, you need them to open you. Remember, this is a really internal process. Scorpio is kind of internally focused water, right? Okay, so that's Scorpio. So stuff's going on, you're being triggered, you're being activated. Oh, how can I own that? What does that make me feel? Let me try to figure it out. Let me process this feeling. Let me talk about That's Scorpio. It's exhausting. As a Scorpio, I admit it is exhausting. So then you have the transition to Sagittarius. And any two signs next to each other, I, I always do this when I do the sun forecast every month, I always contrast, you know, the, the, the changes. Um, because it's really important to understand, you know, when the sun changes signs, but it's really important to understand any two adjacent signs have such different qualities of expression that, you know, the sun is always the sun, but as it's putting attention on Scorpio, then it moves into Sagittarius, it's radically different, right? Now it's externally focused fire. Internal water, still water is run deep, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. And then suddenly it goes into Sagittarius and it's like external fire. I need to expand. I need to reach out. I need to find out what the world is like and dream up new possibilities and imagine castles in the sky and whatever, like imagination, faith, you know, essentially kind of projecting images or ideas and desires 
into the future, like a manifestation. You know, that's a anyway. So that's a that's it's a real um, uh, noticeable, really noticeable transition from all that inward, like mm, lip chewing and like tongue biting. I don't want to say the thing. I don't want to be too like. I need to step out and expand. So sun, giant flash into the sky, goes into Sagittarius, and you're going to feel a need to have hope put faith in something, reach beyond what's happening, imagine a better tomorrow, right? Uh, working through the lens of Sagittarius, the sun working through the lens of Sagittarius. When it's a Scorpio, working through the lens of Pluto, Mars, very different energies. So uh, I will say about uh, Sagittarius related to the being ruled by Jupiter, people assume Jupiter is good and always good. Um, and one of the things that Jupiter does is asks you to let go of something that doesn't work first. So sometimes Jupiter itself, Jupiter transits even, kind of um, herald loss or the end of something so that then the decks are cleared so you can have more space to see opportunities to do new things or to embrace, believe in new things. So you, some of you might have this kind of thing when the sun goes from Scorpio to Sagittarius, like suddenly ah, you know, like I'm willing to believe in something good again, or I don't know, whatever, after such an arduous Scorpionic time. Um, in Sagittarius, we sometimes exaggerate things. Sometimes we, um, you know, like if something happens four times, I will say 17 times. If it happens 20 times, I might say 45 times. That's, I have a lot of Sagittarius stuff. It, it kind of thinks big. It wants to think big. It needs to think big, so it can be exaggeration. Or embellishing the truth sometimes. Uh, not being grounded in reality is what I want to say. Because when I, like when, in myself, if it happened four times and I say 17, and then I correct myself, oh, you know, I kind of feel like, okay, fine, it only happened four times. You know, but like part of me has this feeling of, you know, feeling it's, things are such big, you know, it's such a big deal that it four times felt like 17. And part of me wants license to say that, but it's not factually true. So that's something we sometimes encounter with Sagittarius. And part of that is related to that idea is like, um, well, I'll say there's a baseline urge to expand, to grow, right? Sometimes in some people to take up more space energetically or um, to reach out, to project into the future, as I said. Um, but there's a need to believe that tomorrow can be better than today. What we have to make sure is that we're grounded so we don't only have this belief that something can be better because it's also important to do something productive and constructive about this. Now, shortly in, you know, in early December, transiting Jupiter will finish its little over a year time in Sagittarius and go into Capricorn so, you know, the ruler of the sun will be in a sign in Capricorn, a sign of, um, you know, getting things done and being productive and mature and practical and productive. Uh, so recently I did a subscriber class where I did a kind of a lecture thing where I talked about Jupiter's transit in, in uh, Capricorn in the context of this over a year and a half long uh, Saturn-Pluto dance in Capricorn, because they're kind of have already been staking out this terrain They're within five degrees of orb of each other uh, from I think it's March of 2019 to November of 2020. That's only using five degrees of orb. You might 
feel comfortable or really see effects using eight degrees of warp, which of course means it's a little longer. Uh, and that class is available in the subscriber class archive. Um, so if you're a subscriber actually, you don't have that class from last month or two months ago, uh, let me know and I'll give you access to the archive. Um, okay, so Scorpio to Sagittarius, inward, chewing on my lip, not sure what if I can deal with stuff. It's so tense, it's weird, I'm feeling so many things. Sagittarius, stepping out, I need to believe in a better tomorrow. I need to believe. So, so check the tendency in yourself and also be grounded and clear if others exhibit this tendency to wish for something better. Imagination is great. Brainstorming, spitballing is great. Come up with a list of 15 things and don't be a downer at the beginning and say, probably only one of these things is going to work. Just, you know, give yourself a chance to imagine something better. That's part of the message and the inspiration. Well, inspiration, part of the message of Sun in Sagittarius. So it is possible to imagine too big without being grounded or without having a solid foundation. It is possible to wish for something better without doing anything about it. Um, it is possible to make a list of 500 things and therefore not be able to focus. I'm just kind of pointing out where these things can go a little too far or be a little, you know, cockeyed a little bit or, or half-baked. Um, and again, the desire, let me just talk about this for a second, the desire to believe something is true, even if it isn't. Now that we've had this year plus of, of Jupiter going through Sagittarius, we've seen in our world, in our society, in our lives perhaps, where some, you know, where beliefs can carry us into places essentially of excess that don't serve us. Meaning if you so want something to be true that you can't entertain the logic of any other position, right? If you have blinders on, if you can't be reasoned with, if you can't be reasoned with, you're not doing it right. It's part of the process of learning what we can or might or should put our faith in. But Sun in Sagittarius may put some light on, you know, shining some light on beliefs that don't work and tendencies toward uh, focusing on things in ways that put where we put blinders on our on our eyes so that we don't we can't actually see what's in front of us because we are searching for something that leads me to another kind of function of planets and Sagittarius they're seeking a, a, either a better tomorrow or a higher truth or something that seems the most true and part of that is this inspiration to you know travel far and expand so it's kind of, um, you know, there can be kind of a tricky process sometimes because you deserve to feel good. You should imagine possibilities. Like, please be, please choose happiness. Please choose to give the universe and yourself the benefit of the doubt, like having some faith in yourself and that things are happening the way they need to, like according to your highest good and the highest good of all involved. And yet also check any tendencies to overdo it or to fly off in one direction because you're trying, this is what I really want to get to, because part of you might be trying to escape what you're experiencing or feeling now. That's where the Sagittarius thing goes wrong. If you're searching for something because you can't deal with what's in front of you, if you're projecting for tomorrow because you can't handle what you actually experience today, that's where it goes wrong. Where you can't see the facts in front of you or you're not willing to look.
Okay, so the sun, let's get into the uh, actual timeline stuff. Uh, the sun will enter Sagittarius uh, Friday, November 22nd, uh, around 7 a.m. Pacific time, 6.59 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, a few starting a few days prior, uh, it started a trine to retrograde Chiron and Aries, which will be exact on Saturday the 23rd, the next day, Saturday, November 23rd, at, you know, one and a half-ish degrees Aries. Um, the Chiron in Aries is, uh, is slowing slowing down and, and will station soon, station uh, direct after its uh, several month retrograde period. Chiron and Aries, all right, so the sun in Sagittarius, putting a light on something. What do I believe? What do I hope is true? What would I like to be true beyond what, you know, what am I trying not to see what's true? Or where do I put my faith? What do I believe in? Trine is a, is a boosting, supportive, energy flowing conduit kind of uh, aspect to Chiron and Aries, which is almost standing still. Now Chiron, uh, in the way that I work, I, I go beyond wounded, wounded healer. I talk about sensitivity to energy. You're an energetic being, your consciousness, you're sensitive to energy. Other people experience emotion, you pick it up as energy and respond with emotion. So Chiron and Aries transiting as a collective thing, thinking about sensitivity to Aries style expression. What do I do with anger, fire, passion, desire? What do I do with my impulse, my instinctive reaction to say, yeah, I want that, but I might be feel vulnerable about asking for it. Or I don't want that, but I might not want to have conflict. So I don't want to say no to people or hurt other people's feelings. Chiron and Aries can have all of us a little sensitive to how, you know, saying yes, please at certain times and no, thank you at other times, you know, how others respond to that and then how we feel. And so there's this whole dynamic there. Well, sun in Sagittarius will put light on this. Trying, you know, trining from a fire sign is like, um, look at this, look at this, the spotlight, right, on Chiron and Aries, but it's stationing. So there's some difficulty. There's some, you know, stuff to work through. We're not sure about saying yes or no. We're not sure if we have the right to be angry about something or we have anger, but we don't know what to do with it. There's no outlet or, or we're angry and somebody else says, not my problem or, you know, or the, or vice versa. Somebody else says oh, frustration and you're like, clearly not my issue. You know, what do we do with that? Chiron and Aries we're learning, right? the sun and Sagittarius will shine light on it, maybe even exacerbate some things because Chiron is so slow, it might not be easy to articulate what's going on. Because they're fire signs, and one of them is Aries, and one of the planets is a sun, physical movement, physical activity to get blood and lymph and energy moving might be really good so that things don't stagnate within you. Because if you want something and don't act on it, that can become stagnant and turn a little sour. If you need to say no to something, but don't, well, that can get stagnant too. So just realize this fire trine, you know, even though Chiron's almost still, the sun is not, maybe some movement is good. Uh, I mean, if you can communicate, great. But if you can't, because you're not quite sure what you or the other person is feeling or what's going on because the Chiron is so slow, understandable, okay. Um, well, then the sun will begin a conjunction to the asteroid Pallas Athene. In these forecasts, uh, I don't do the, the asteroids and Lilith all the time, but when we have certain patterns or things for weeks at a time when these patterns occur, I do talk about them a little. So Pallas Athene, will, um, the sun will conjunct it 
it'll be exact on December, Monday, December 2nd at 10 degrees. But if we use an orb of five degrees, this is happening from November 24th to December 11th. So for, you know, two and a half weeks or so. Uh, so that, that to me, you know, makes me want to comment on it a little bit. Um, Palace of Theme for me is about loyalty. Um, loyalty to a cause, to a person, uh, standing up for something. It's about also the need to integrate something about yourself you may not be sure how to own. So you might be loyal to someone else and that might actually cost you wholeness in certain ways. The story with Palace Athena, I'll just do this briefly, is that as a character witness in somebody else's legal proceeding, somebody else's trial, she's brought in as a character witness. To have her testimony taken seriously or to validate her character, she is asked to deny that she was born from a woman. And the story of Parthenogenesis, is what it's called, is that she was born fully formed from her father. From her, you know, she was born fully armored, fully formed from her father's head. Well, when the mother was pregnant, the father ate the mother. So then the baby was born. This, so denying that she was born of a woman, to be loyal to the father, loyal to the masculine principle, denying the, the feminine principle of the lineage. So she's a woman in a man's world. So sometimes this integration thing is super important, but also being successful in a context that doesn't, you know, doesn't let you be your whole complete self, but then the call to integrate to be your complete self. Um, Pallas Athena is also the wise warrior archetype in the chart. Mars is the instinctive warrior. Pallas Athena is the one, the strategist, the one who considers things, considers options, weighs options, and then takes considered action. So it's never impulsive, right? So um, sun in Sagittarius, traveling for two and a half weeks with Pallas Athena, giant flashlight in the sky carries with it this call for loyalty, this call for taking a stand, but a reasoned stand. So in Sagittarius, what are your beliefs? Where did they come from? Why do you believe it? Are you being loyal to somebody else? And that's why you're carrying this belief? Are you being loyal to a father figure of some kind, an authority figure? These are questions that may come up for some of you. Then you realize, I don't really believe that, but somehow I keep using this language. Or I keep saying that thing or, or having that retort or that reply, but I don't really buy that. That's not really me. So putting light on these things, what am I, you know, or a cause that is important to you that you're not committed to, or you are, but you won't act on it because you're trying to make sure you don't have to, you know, integrate or be that whole self in a way that would make you less successful. Because in that character witness trial or in that trial as a character witness, Pallas Athene knows that her efforts on behalf of this other person would be just ignored. Like her character would not be deemed worthy of propping up this other person if she admits to the fact, which is she was born of a woman, but dad ate mom, so I was looked like I came out of dad's head. So she actually denies something about herself, right? So you might find that you need to step up and do something and be more loyal to yourself and the truth you're telling. Well, the stories you're telling yourself, making sure they're more true. This is one thing about the, Sag the Sagittarius transit I want to mention here. Kind of dovetails in really, really closely with this. You need to believe something. And all humans are guided by belief. 
but you must take responsibility for upgrading your beliefs over time if necessary. So whose belief are you fighting for? Pallas Athena is a warrior. Whose belief are you fighting for? Where does loyalty come from? If you, if you are half of who you are, if you are less than whole and complete, it's because you were trying to fit into someone else's scheme of the world. That kind of idea is what might come up here. But um, upgrading beliefs over time is healthy Sagittarius work. Remember I talked about the blinders. Well, you, you put blinders on or you will that blinders kind of form on your, over your eyes. And over time, you might find out that you need new data. That's kind of the Gemini correction for Sagittarius problems, new data. We'll talk about that with the Gemini uh, full moon in a bit. Uh, okay, well, first, now we're going to get to the Sagittarius new moon, Tuesday, November 26th, uh, 7 a.m., 7.05 a.m. Pacific time. It's at four Sagittarius in three minutes. So I will share the screen and pull this up. So we have Sagittarius new moon. Just kind of run through this. Ignore the houses. Uh, I do that just to have a whatever. This is how I do it. So here we have four Sagittarius O3. So first, in my way of thinking about things, new moons are these, um, you know, seeds to plant uh, new seeds for new directions. Or uh, oftentimes, the Ascended Mastery channel, um, and he'll go into this in the channel meditation for this lunation, which I do twice a month for, for the lunations or typically 30 minutes. Sometimes they're a little longer, um, but he takes you into this grounded space and that's included for subscribers to the monthly service level one and level two. And also it's available for an extra cost for anybody else uh, on my site. I announced it on Facebook and in my blog. Um, but um, yeah, so the theme of the idea is like tension Having that intention plants a seed, and then you allow that seed to take to take root. You allow that thing to sprout. You allow that thing to inform you, essentially, from the inside out. A new moon is not where you look around at the world and say, aha, I see that this could be done, or there's an opportunity afoot. The new moon is when you feel like, I feel compelled to do this thing. I feel something. I would like this. I want that. You know, it's kind of a, a generation of a new desire, a new sense of something. Um, and so you can't, this is key, you can't, however, know what it's going to look like or maybe even what it is right away or at first. Um, so, I, I, so the way I think of it is having certain intentions given the themes, given the sign it's in, right? Uh, and especially if it has something to do with your natal chart, if it aspects something. I'm just realizing as I look at this, uh, I was looking at the chart before, but I'm just realizing as I'm talking about this, this one is exactly on my Neptune. So I got to think about my intentions for my Neptune. Um, so the new moon means you can't see the moon at all, right? It's dark. So there's that sense of inner truth. Something is sensed or felt, but from a kind of beginning place of nothing, that quiet where there are there aren't there are no inspirations, there are no data, there are no there's no wisdom, right? It's just like this quiet moment of the new moon, and then it is new, and then it kind of starts to move away from the sun, and then you have this sense of I can step out, I can do this thing. But what I want to emphasize is, if you can have your certain intentions for your life based on the themes, like Sagittarius, which conjunct Pallas Athene. Um, Trine, Chiron, whatever that I'll get into in a minute. Quincunx, Uranus, big deal here. Um, if you have certain intentions for the themes, then 
you can allow yourself to step out, to unfold, to, to have that thing germinate and start to take root or start to, to, you know, grow. Control it. That's part of the key here. At a full moon, something comes, which I'll talk about later in this video, something comes into the light of full conscious awareness and you say, oh my God, that's what that is. Oh, and then you need to do something about it consciously and proactively. But at a new moon, have your intentions and then allow yourself to, to generate or do something new. Step out in a new direction, something. So Sagittarius, again, all this stuff about belief, the stuff about what do I allow is true? What filter am I looking at the world through? What would I like to be true? Do I wish? Do I hope? Do I actually have faith in something? Or am I putting my faith in something that I would like to be true? These themes. But also about expansion and uh, giving the benefit of the doubt is, a, is I, I think, a generosity of spirit that fits with the Sagittarius archetype. I think it can kind of fit a little with, with Venus, too, person to person with, with Venus and Libra. Uh, but I think with Sagittarius and Jupiter, uh, it can kind of like, you know, have, um, how do I want to say this? Having a, um, having kind of a foundation or having a posture, holding a way of being, right, where you allow things to be what they are. You're giving the benefit of the doubt. Somebody comes up to you and says, um, you did this wrong. And you can say, oh, okay, well, tell me. You can have faith that something is going on that's necessary. You can give life and others the benefit of the doubt. You can give yourself the benefit of the doubt, right? For some people, new paragraph, for some people, this could be giving themselves the right to be confident. Giving themselves to, uh, you know, permission to um, give themselves credit for what they do well. Jupiter is also where, you know, teacher, student, or something like that, where somebody says, you know what, you do that really well. Sometimes even give you an award for that. Or, you know, I want to recognize what you do well. Well, you can do that for yourself. So do you believe that you deserve credit for what you do well? Or do you somehow have some Saturn process guiding your life where you're judging yourself a lot? Saturn or Virgo, Mercury or whatever. In the context of Pluto-Saturn dancing together for over a year and a half, as we're almost in the middle of, or in January, what, January 12th or something, they will conjunct uh, in Capricorn. But this thing is heating up with pressure and judgment and the pressure to change. And are you strong enough and mature? And, and our judgment things, our self-judgment, um, you know, things that handicap us might be really activated now. So a Sagittarius New Moon in the context of that, you know, Use your intentions to, to take a breath of fresh air and give yourself credit for what you do well. Um, what else about Sagittarius? Imagination, intuition, hunches. This fits really well with the nature of a new moon where you're not analyzing intellectually everything and, and, and going down lists, you know. Um, but it, it, you know, this idea of allowing a hunch, allowing an intuition, Allowing right brain information. My, my channeling teacher, uh, years ago, when I took two uh, channeling classes to open up to learn how to, um, to, to talk to spirit guides and bring messages through, while we chatted um, bef the five, ten minutes before class started, like the required materials included a drawing pad and pastels to color, draw, shapes, right? To activate the right brain, because that's an intuitive faculty. That's part of the intuitive faculty. 
So right brain stuff and also gut instinct. When we have those working together, it's, it's good. Um, but, to, but maybe this in, maybe the new moon for you or for some people has to do with allowing yourself to trust your gut instinct or your intuition more, to trust your imagination, to trust that brainstorming and spitballing is actually productive, not, not just wasting time or you know, putting off tasks that need to be done. You actually need to refresh yourself as a human, as a creative being, as a portion of the divine. This lens of the zodiac is important for a sense of renewal in imaginative realms and then coming back to 3D. So maybe that's it for you, allowing yourself to imagine. Then we add in the symbolism of Pavel's Athene, this thing about loyalty and where do these beliefs come from? But I'd say with the new moon opportunity, I'd offer you for, I think for more people, it'll be something like, what am I loyal to? You know, where, these beliefs I have, how do I, like, what am I aligned with? What am I serving? What am I fighting for? Even if it's just holding space for a principle, where did it come from? Whose is it? So that's a kind of thing I think with the palace, a theme. And again, wise warrior, willing to do, willing to act, but considers things first. And because it's on a Sagittarius new moon, for you to uh, check in with the internal landscape of what's going on, what feels true, Sagittarius, what seems truest, right? I keep talking about the where does this belief come from? What do I believe? But ultimately that needs to edge us into where, you know, what do I perceive as true? What feels true? And that's where the gut instinct of the third chakra matches with the sixth chakra intuition. Uh, the aspects here, um, trying Chiron and Aries, and, and it's ever closer to stationing. <laughs> uh, and um, so there's also energetic input from perhaps various sources, like in your moment of quiet with this new moon, feeling into what you believe, you may actually um, realize that some of this comes from somebody else. Maybe I'm somehow needing to stand up and be a warrior in the face of having some boundaries, so I'm not absorbing other people's energies, right? But it can also be that your sensitivity to energetic information can help guide you. So if you have some, if you have healthy boundaries and you are not absorbing things from people left and right, this can be a great helper aspect. Trying, it's trying to send positive information to to this moon. Um, and then the other one that I really want to talk about, uh, the other aspect is um, the quincunx to Uranus in Taurus, which is retrograde. Quincunxes can kind of seem to throw us off course or surprise us or bring information we're not expecting. Uranus is about constant change. So it might be that something shakes up what you have always believed, and then you have to figure out how to take a stand with Palestine and uh, make some decisions about what you're going to believe going forward. You know, all humans perceive that sudden change and trauma and chronic stress, you know, they make us feel negative quite often. So we assume it's a negative thing happening when actually life is asking us to change, right? You, you know that the only constant is change. Uranus reminds us of that. So, so Uranus as a teacher in Taurus is saying to all of us, consider your values how you use your time, energy, attention, and other resources, including money, but money's not the only resource. 
your time and your focus, your energy, these are resources more important than money. Money is a reflection of how aligned you are with your value system. So Quincunx, this new moon, you're trying to have this quiet moment, right? And something's changing, something's shifting, something's, you know, um, and it can be sudden, it can be kind of important and major, but just recognize that whatever it is, you can reestablish your clarity and your groundedness, but it's there for a good reason. It's showing you something important that you otherwise wouldn't see. So it can be new information that surprises you and maybe even be a little bit stressful at times. Um, uh, that you're trying to have maybe interrupted by something that needs doing, like, like a Uranian crisis or something, right? But it actually will reveal to you more about what you need to pay attention to and focus on. Why do I believe this is a problem? Or how can I face this as not a problem? Right? How can I upgrade my beliefs? If negative things are happening to me, I'm not doing it wrong. I'm working through things and manifesting things to help me change my vibration and grow over time. Could be something like that for, for people. All right, so let us uh, go back to the notes. Um, yeah, so then let's talk about um, the Sun and Palace Athene together, as I mentioned, uh, for, for two and a half weeks or so. We'll square Neptune and Pisces and the true black moon Lilith, which has been dancing through Pisces Aquarius. Uh, the, the, the mean position or averaged motion that many people use um, I, I don't use it, but it, it kind of tracks over time, right? Uh, averaged out position. But the true black moon goes forward and then direct and forward. It's a point, not a body. So we shouldn't expect it to operate like a planet or an asteroid. So to say that it's erratic motion is, you know, ridiculous, which is, you know, or, or not reliable or, you know, too complex or too many data points. That's what most astrologers seem to have been taught about using the mean versus the true, but the mean won't tell you anything useful. It can vary up to 30 degrees from any placement, like in a natal chart. So anyway, the true black moon Lilith's motion goes for several months back and forth through a sign. Anyway, I have a video on YouTube called uh, something like uh, mean versus true black moon and why I use the true, something like that. You can look up uh, mean versus true and my, and my name on YouTube. But anyway, so that's with Neptune in Pisces. So there, the Neptune is that sense of something that's true-est. A planet in Sagittarius says, I would like this thing to be true. I would derive comfort if I were not challenged and I could have my little idea of the world turn out to be true. Square Neptune and Pisces, you're probably wrong. Neptune and Pisces says, there's a bigger thing. You're part of a bigger fabric. What you'd like to be true, hmm, that's great to have imagination, but Neptune and Pisces says, it's great to wish for the best and hope, but it's better to be in touch with absolute reality. So you might have, you know, we might have, some people might have some disappointment in their efforts. I'm standing up for this cause. I'm fighting for this belief, some palace, Athene and Sagittarius, square the Neptune and Pisces. And the true black moon with the Neptune adds this instinctive need to get to the truth. Now think about Neptune sensitivity as energy, psychic intuitive sensitivity. True black moon sensitivity is embodied from your root chakra having to do with immunity, having to do with biochemistry and energetic 
you know, how your emotions rest within your body, how your body responds to your energy and the chemistry, the whole, this whole thing that's, that's rooted together through your root or first chakra, the seed of instinct. Um, you might find that you can't handle certain things, right? And this can be sensitivities to energy or actually products and foods, temporarily probably. You might find you can't handle certain things, but some of those things might actually be your own thought patterns and beliefs that just don't feel true anymore. And I think how this can come out can be you're in a situation and you, you pretty much know what's going to happen. And then something happens and you're like, oh my God, that's a different outcome. What I thought was wrong. And then you have to reevaluate and you, and you can learn to catch yourself in believing something you'd like to be true. You know, why would this happen? Why did the person do this? Why would I do this? You know, what, you can catch yourself what you'd like to be true versus what is true. And Neptune square something quite often will bring a humbling. Because Neptune says you're part of a greater fabric. You have your idea of something. But in fact, the capital T truth is waiting for you here. Let me open this door and have this bright light shine and, uh, you know, destroy your preconception of what life should be. Here's what it actually is. There's a capital T truth finality to what Neptune brings, especially in Pisces. Okay, so the square will be exact uh, Sunday, December 8th at 15 Sagittarius 57. So just under 16 degrees uh, Sagittarius. Okay, then we go to the Gemini full moon. Um, so let me, Gemini full moon. All right, so again, ignore the houses. And here we have 1951. So the Gemini full moon right? Obviously the sun is at 1951 Sagittarius and it is conjunct uh, that palace Athene. So they're working together. You're, what am I loyal to? What do I believe? What do I take a stand for? What should I take a stand for? All that stuff. So the sun in a full, at a full moon is being this obvious light shiner, right? This idea of the giant flashlight in the sky is saying, this is what's going on here. This is the reasonable thing to do. This is how everything should be. Um, the Gemini full moon says, but wait, this other thing needs to happen right now. Think of the moon as an immediate issue, a more immediate concern. And this, this balance point of the emphasis on Sagittarius, the giantness of the sun, right? The sun is the center of the solar system. Everything orbits it, right? Obviously the solar system. Well, the moon says, wait a minute, this thing's important. So um, don't forget this. Or uh, as I often talk about in these forecasts and, and uh, sometimes Jehudi talks about, in the channel meditation uh, for each lunation. Again, I'll have one for each of these that'll be available to subscribers um, and uh, to other people, but included in the service for subscribers. This thing about you or somebody else might need something in the moment. You know, you might be the person who's carrying the Sagittarius preconception of how things are supposed to be happening right now. You might be that person who's being very loyal to a kind of belief. Well, Somebody else might bring in new information. Moon and Gemini needs to open things up. Well, maybe that's possible too. Or here, I found this article. It adds to the story we've been talking about. Or these data contradict what we were talking about yesterday or what you told me this morning. So Gemini, New Moon, you need new information. But it's also needing flexibility because the sun in Sagittarius 
will be working toward pushing into a certain direction or reaching for a certain kind of future. I talked about earlier, projecting into the future, right? The Gemini full moon says, look at what's actually in front of you. Here are words and numbers and paragraphs. Here are data, in other words, and uh, don't think you know everything. Don't assume you already know everything would be a Gemini full moon kind of instruction. Okay, now that said, it's temporary, right? But there's a need that comes up. So it might be for several days, it might be for three minutes, <laughs> uh, you know, leading up to a full moon. It, it doesn't happen two hours or four days after a full moon. It's the, it's the leading up to and that, and that moment sometimes. Sometimes the thing comes up in you or the other person, you know, before, like not, you know, well, this is going to be um, time when this is going to be December 11th, 9 p.m. Pacific time. Well, let's say that, um, you know, 9.11 p.m. Let's say that this thing happens for you at, at 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. Or, or noon. And then when this actually comes around in the evening, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like nothing, you know, at the time of the full moon, it, it, sometimes it happens beforehand is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, something comes up, something is rising, and you become more aware of it, and it's moon, so it's a feeling, it's a need. For some people, it's an emotional memory, a memory tied to emotions, for relationship issues or things about how you deal with your needs or others needs but this is about new information shaking things up a little bit and overcoming preconceived ideas or prejudices taking the blinders off and sometimes your jaw drops sometimes new information surprises you so so that's one way it can be for this kind of full moon another way it can be is that you know you tell someone something that just changes the whole conversation or vice versa like this, these new information, these new pieces of information change everything. So that's actually really good, but you might feel a little off put if you really are trying to get one thing done and suddenly there are five ways to do it, something like that. Or you have this plan and suddenly some piece of data comes up and suddenly you can't do that anymore. Just understand the full moon's logic is to reveal something and you should be changed by it, especially new information through the lens of Gemini. You should be changed, not just be aware that words exist and these numbers are on this paper, but really kind of like process it and really kind of see what it does because that will stir curiosity and further learning and communication, therefore growth. And uh, then we have this, all that said, this full moon is square Neptune. Uh, within four degrees. So we have this thing about how you know things and are you trying to believe something is true versus recognizing what is capital T true? That whole conversation gets extended here because the sun palace will still be an orb of this Neptune and then of course the moon. So you might be having a dialogue of projection into the future and then new data and then but wait there's, there's some, even another perspective that we have to take into account, and that can be the Neptune square. Is it true? Is it really true? And you're like, yeah, I would like it to be true. And Neptune says, no, is it really true? So that kind of thing can happen with this. You might feel, you might feel something unavoidable or too big, bigger than you, pressing on you from the side as you're trying to work out belief versus data, right? That's, that's one way this can be. And then the last thing is uh, the quincunx to the uh, Pluto-Venus-Saturn. Uh, Quincunx is, again, we, in, in the other lunation, we had a quincunx with Uranus and Taurus. Um, 
minutes. So the moon says, um, here are these, these new pieces of information or new perspectives, or I need to say this new thing, or I just had this thought that might change everything. Quincunx, Pluto, Saturn, Venus, what you're trying to control. The new information should make it impossible for you to keep feeling disempowered in the same way that you might be some, a lot of us might be really good at substituting disempowerment reasons, right? Reasons we don't feel good about ourselves or something. It's a human thing as we learn more about what love is and where it comes from and who's responsible for giving it to whom. Uh, but in this case, there's certain patterns you're trying to work out with people. Pluto, Saturn, Venus. Quincunx, the, the new moon. So this is um, new information that kind of ruins the problem you've created. Will you just recongeal the elements of that problem two hours, three days later? Will you go back to the old pattern of disempowerment? Will you continue to believe that you don't deserve something? So this new, this new moon can really shake things up even new perspectives from unexpected source, um, unexpected corners or sources where somebody says something to you and it totally destroys your ability to keep believing that you don't have strength. Okay. I can't wait to see what happens. All right, so then we go back to um, my notes. There's one more thing here. Sun will trine Eris and Aries Sunday, December 15th, 20th of solar month at 23 degrees. Um, Eris and Aries, um, I do try to cover it, especially in um, uh, forecast number one for subscribers, the outer planets. I do try to cover it. Right now I'm covering it in terms of its ongoing or repeated squares to Pluto and Capricorn over about a seven-year period. Um, or five-year period, I guess it's maybe seven squares until like 2023 or 24. And, um, but Eris in Aries, I'll just say this briefly. Um, uh, you might be afraid of pushing other people's buttons or you might have insecurity of being independent because that might push others' buttons or vice versa. Somebody else might have insecurity about being independent because then you will feel like you're left behind or something. Um, Eris and Aries is a need to trust that if you are honest with yourself and others, when you individuate, when you do what you need to do for yourself and you act in a self-interested way, in an Aries style way, when you tell the truth and are forthright, that if people's buttons get pushed, it's okay. And if you are feel vulnerable and exposed when you do it, that's okay. If somebody says you ruined everything, that's okay. Maybe that person needed his or her buttons pushed. I think about Eris in terms of like one side of the coin would be pushing buttons. The other side is lighting fires under someone. So we can do either and our intentions matter. So you might even, so Sun and Sagittarius, trying Eris and Eris, you might see a vulnerability somebody else has to trusting the self, him or herself. And you might want to encourage that person to give him or herself more credit. That's kind of how this can play out. But it can also put light on the insecurities. I don't want to do the Aries thing. I don't want to individuate. You know, I don't want to do that. So that's possible. So it's just for a couple of days, exactly on the 15th, but I thought I'd mention it just for educational purposes about about Aries or Eris. So that's the end of this forecast video. Again, you can get the full story by subscribing to my monthly subscription service, either monthly or yearly. Uh, there are a ton of perks, including a class every month and level one has all these perks. Level two is everything plus the uh, channeled guidance check-in call 
every month in a small group. So you can see everything I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Thank you for playing. Take care of yourself. Enjoy Sagittarius.